Good evening, everybody. Uh, thanks for joining us tonight. Uh, I, we have a real short broadcast because uh, in a few moments, I think it's 6.40 tonight, I'm going to be on Hannity. So we're actually pre-recording this. And I wanted to pre-record because um, often I've said from the pulpit, especially being wide open since May 31st, that we haven't had any cases of COVID in our fellowship. And uh, now I've been saying that we haven't had anyone contract COVID from our church. There have been some folks who have gotten COVID and they've shared with me uh, that they've gotten it from a family member and folks that haven't been in the church in a while. Um, so we're, we're still being genuine in regards to everything we know. Uh, but we did, we did get an interesting uh, response. There's a couple in the church. Uh, one uh, serves in the church in a capacity and was asymptomatic, but tested positive with the antibodies and it's created havoc and difficulty with their family. Um, some folks are just frightened over this. And you can just see how this virus divides families and communities. And now, you, you know, you, you want to make an issue as though someone's a super spreader. And we've taken a virus that we're not looking at uh, the, the series. We're, we're not looking at the virus for what it is. Instead, we're blowing it out of proportion. And, and we're... we're inflating the importance of having tested positive. Now, we never track another virus in this capacity. We track it based on number of deaths. And still, as of today, and I checked, as of today, there's been no deaths in the county. And that was 14 days, so even going further than that. So every day is adding to that. We haven't had a death in the county. Uh, there's been an increase in some hospitalizations above the percentage uh, that the governor's perpetual purple zone uh, desires. But we've also done massive testing. The governor's zone is 150 tests per day, and we're well over 400. And everybody in this panic is being tested. And so we're getting more positive cases, but uh, our ventilators are not overrun. Our hospitals are not overrun. And folks aren't dying. This, this is a severe virus for specific people. And the death rate, uh, the IFR on the death is 0 0.02. So... I wanted to calm everyone down because people are going to want to politicize this. A church is wide open. There's issues. They're, they're, they're super spreaders. I mean, just use everything you can to try to take this virus and blow it so out of proportion that everyone wants to be a Gestapo on everyone else and then take away our freedoms. I can't think of anyone better to speak to this than a doctor himself, Dr. Keith Rose, who he worked, he, he, was with the World Health Organization, participated with them. He's, this man's traveled all over the world. This man is very smart, very brilliant. And I wanted him to come on the show tonight in this short period of time before we cut off to the Hannity program so that he can usage your concerns over this virus. So let me welcome my dear friend and brother, Dr. Keith Rose. Welcome. Thank you. Yeah, you're in Montana. You take another break because uh, yeah. you deserve it. You're working hard. You've got, you know, patience all the time. And you, you just landed there, got there. And I told you that we had had a handful of folks that have tested positive. Uh, one in particular, I, I think was hospitalized elderly, uh, but contracted it from family members. And uh, the rest, even two folks, asymptomatic. Um, so you know, and, and this idea that we're super spreaders and, and this, this, this virus demands people being, you know, paralyzed by fear and families being divided at Thanksgiving over this. I mean, 
help, help us understand and put this into perspective, this virus, because this is what's happening across the country. And they want to use it to shut a church down and justify the tyranny of the government. We have more data on this virus than we did when you and I first talked at the beginning of March. In fact, when the government across the country decided to shut down, it was to, quote, flatten the curve. Yep. That's all we were doing. We were going to let hospitals catch up with capacity, get ventilators in place, get everything in place, and then allow this virus to play itself out. But like Lucy moving the football when Charlie Brown tries to kick it, we're moving the goalpost. We keep changing it from we're flattening the curve to we have an increased number of cases. And that's very disingenuous because a positive test is not a positive case. We know from the studies, the most recent studies, if you look at them for the past several months, we can have false positive tests. That's where you test positive, but you don't have the disease. That's where you test positive or you don't have symptoms. In some studies, they're 60, 70, 80 percent false positives because the majority of testing is done with what we call a PCR test, a polymer chase reaction test. And to put that in perspective, they take some RNA or some samples and then they replicate it. And depending on the number of cycles run on the test, if you run enough cycles, you'll get a positive test. We don't have a standardization on that that I'm aware of. Right. We're not told how many cycles we run to use. They first used that test, to my knowledge, back when we had the HIV outbreaks in the 80s. In fact, if you got tested for HIV and the PCR test in Africa and you were positive, the joke was come to the U.S. and you'll be negative because they were running four cycles in Africa and only two here. But as your viewers who are very smart and have discernment understand in Africa, when you had a lot more positive HIV tests, and you can donate a lot more money through government and non-government organizations to a country where it can be distributed and a lot of hands can touch it prior to distribution. Yeah. And I think we've seen that. You know, the, the good thing the Lord is so great about is he brings what's done in the dark into the light. And so you've seen the Bidens and everyone understands what happened with Hunter Biden. So it's not a far stretch to understand the PCR testing. But to get to your specific case, a positive test is not a positive case. I practice and I own several clinics and I have mobile clinics throughout the country. We don't have one patient that actually had symptoms that has passed. Now, that's anecdotal. That's just hundreds, maybe a thousand total patients. However, I have a surgical patient who I operated on who works in a hospice unit at a very large hospital. And they told me that they've had 19 hospice patients get tested positive and all turned out fine on early hydroxychloroquine, pomacort protocols with zithromycin and zinc. Now, this is early treatment and the treatment that they had in the hospitals. But these are patients that are on hospice care. Right. And I asked her, they didn't die. She said, no. She said, we treat them just like we would the flu or cold. You know, they're there. Now, we're not going to treat their underlying disease, but we always treat the things that can shorten their lifespan. And so if you take that all into account, I can tell you as a practicing physician, I don't see an increased number of patients. My colleagues where I live don't see an increased number of patients. What I do hear is an increased amount of talk about positive cases ever since the election. It's starting to build to a crescendo again. 
Our yeah. county judge and our mayor are talking about it. Our county health officials are talking about it. And a lot of doctors are scratching their heads going, okay. Here's the thing. In 2018, we had a bad flu season. I promise you folks in your county died of the flu. And you probably had some young people die because we lost a significant number of young people in 2018 to the flu. The last big problem, which was the swine flu, and even when you had the bird flu, I have the emails from the CDC that told us as practicing physicians, stop testing, just treat. Right. So you have to ask the question and be intellectually honest enough to ask the question and take politics out of it. Why are we treating this process any different than we have any other infectious disease process in the world? This is not Ebola. I worked with Ebola patients. This is an Ebola. People, I heard a guy talking the other day, a, a prominent physician talking about, we don't contact trace this. It's like contact tracing the flu. You're not going to church to get this virus. Most likely, you're going to fill your car up with gas and go into a convenience store. And that clerk that's been working eight to 10 hours wearing that cloth mask who has sneezed, coughed, and spit into that mask where the mask is wet and is touching that mask and handing you your change, you got a better chance of getting it from them. Because it's, we know that it's not flying through the air to get to us, but that it's more of a wash your hands like we see with the flu and it's touch. And the other thing is it's going to spread like a flu-like illness and then people will have immunity. Now, I hear people saying, well, we've seen second cases. My understanding is we've seen, quote, and I haven't seen the studies, five reinfections out of I don't know how many billion people we have in the world, but it's not a big number. And quite frankly, when I saw a guy diagnosed with COVID when he passed away from a motorcycle accident, I don't have a whole lot of faith yeah. in the buy reports those that we're getting. But I do have a lot of confidence in Dr. Ioannidis out in Stanford, who says that we have a PCR, uh, IFR, a fatality rate of 0.05%, which is a bad flu season. And I've seen other studies down to 0.02%. I can tell you unequivocally, if you talk to insurance um, adjusters or people that write insurance um, actuarial tables, that write life insurance, you're going to get life insurance. And these guys know what kills you. They have equations. My brother is an investment officer for a large reinsurance company. And he told me, he said that they don't look at COVID under the age of 70 as anything different than crossing the street. There's no increased risk of you catching COVID and dying. So what you're finding out right now is why are we looking to a mainstream media and local county officials, they did not get elected and all of a sudden gain an innate intelligence in medicine and science. And we have a lot of physicians, unfortunately, that are watching the bureaucratic side of science. They're watching the large societies. They're watching guys like Dr. Fauci who have been in politics and bureaucracies their entire life. They've worked for the government since they got out of school almost. And they change on a dime. Dr. Fauci has contradicted himself so many times. Do we trust Mark Fauci, February Fauci, June Fauci, August Fauci? You could have a whole calendar of Fauci and his different sayings for each month. And so when you look at this, I would tell people, don't be afraid. You can trust your eyes. You can trust physicians. Now, I know a lot of physicians are afraid to say anything for the, the societies are shaming them or people are getting after them. And again, 
I've never seen anything like this, but I can tell you unequivocally for people that I respect that have been in the, the research space. And I've published over 15 papers in peer reviewed journals and I done fellowships. I understand the publishing process in the medical literature unequivocally there is no overwhelming data or support for lockdowns, mass. And I would just ask the question, why do we talk about positive tests and not positive cases of disease? And, and, to, and to put a fine point on this, Rob, if you look at total deaths in the state of California or the state of Texas or the United States, we do not vary at all from past history when you look at total deaths. We might have an increased number of COVID deaths. We have a remarkably low number of strokes, heart attacks, and flu deaths. Because what you're seeing is a lot of coding that you do when someone dies, the final code you send to the insurance company, if it's COVID, it pays more. I've heard and seen anywhere from 15, 20, $25,000 more. So if you have a hospital that's suffering, then they're gonna, they're gonna code, they're gonna do everything they can to keep their hospital going. But I would tell us as believers and people that are intellectually honest, and if you really care about people, lockdowns are killing the people that are at most risk, and that are children. Kids, they've had studies come out of several countries that so that kids are not only not super spreaders, but kids don't produce enough virus to actually spread it. You got to realize something. The virus doesn't just come out of a normal system. You have to cough. You have to hack. You have to produce sputum. You have to produce what we call fomites. If kids aren't having symptoms, they're not producing an increased number of fomites. We've, we've discussed the test on masks where inadvertently they realize that coughing directly without a mask into a machine that measures, measures viral load, the one virus they tested, the flu, different types of influenza, rotaviruses, COVID-19 with a few coughs didn't produce enough viral load to cause an infection. And that was kind of swept under the rug in March or April. And so we have a lot of data that does, we don't have any data that supports what's happening. And unfortunately, this has become the emperor's clothes and someone needs to look at these people and go, you're naked. We need to stop hurting our kids. We need to stop keeping people from being with family members. If the elderly are testing positive and they have no symptoms, watch them. If they develop symptoms, we have good protocols in place to treat them. Kids aren't going to have a problem. I don't know one kid that has gotten sick at school and the anecdotal reports of kids dying from this are when they get something called Kosaki's disease, which is any virus can cause that in a kid. And we don't have any increased number of deaths from Kosaki disease now than we had last year or the year before that. So we don't have increased death numbers. We have a very sketchy reporting model, which is not talking about actual symptoms and cases and hospitalizations, but just talking about positive tests. We seem to want to test our way into a panic instead of just go out and live because the problems that you're seeing from a crushed economy and fear, fear produces cortisol and cortisol makes people sicker. And, and I, I was, we were talking with uh, Dr. Shawnee Anderson last night, a psychologist, and she's going through this whole fear and how it's driven us and, and, uh, and how to process this in, in a more logical manner. And, and, and I, what I'm surprised by is we've been wide open since May 31st. We've had UV lights and, and uh, ionization machines, and we wash our hands. And if you have symptoms, don't come to church. And if you are susceptible in that high risk category, we'll broadcast in the parking lot and stay home. But 
regardless, health is your responsibility. Now, uh, you know, folks don't come when they're sick. And, and if they, they're older and they still want to come to church, I'm not going to stop them. And, and that's, we don't want the government to be in charge of that. And now well, they're, they're shutting, not. They're yeah, not they're not, they're not, and they're not supposed to be. But this is, this is my point. I'm surprised that here we are in mid to late November, and we're just now hearing of a handful of folks who contracted it, but no one attests to having uh, acquired it in the church. I would think more people would have acquired it in the church. I would think more people were sick in the church. Uh, trust me, if, if the newspapers could find this out, they'd do it. And they want to make an issue of it. And, well, I've and been yet, in your church. Yeah. It's cleaner than most hospitals. I mean, literally, it's the most sterile atmosphere I've ever seen. And the thing is this. You can't, there's no way in a court of law you could prove wherever you got this. Because there's so many contacts, interactions. It's not feasible. What you, but And you said it best. We have the freedom to live our lives. Yeah, and, and I'm More not, people I'm not are even... going to die in traffic accidents. Do we stop them from getting in cars? Yeah. You know? And I'm not I'm not even concerned with the legality of it because, uh, you know, I'm, I don't I don't put a lot of of, you know, faith in the court systems because we're already facing restraining orders and the like. And I, I just don't know that they they rule justly in some respects. And, and so the liability of it, it was never an issue with the liability. Our, our desire is to operate in these inalienable rights that the governor doesn't have the ability tyrannically to shut us down and to declare the church non-essential with a virus that isn't what they told us it is. And, and we know this because he himself doesn't believe it. He's with 22... He nor do your health inspectors believe yeah, it. 22 people at a dinner, health inspectors included... Uh, all of the major medical officers, and I just came to find out, not only was it indoor, no mask, no social distancing, it wasn't, it wasn't $400 a plate. The bill was $15,000. That was just the liquor bill on our dime. The, 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 the restaurant per plate, it's Michelin, it's over 1000 bucks a piece. The liquor bill was the only one that the reporter could have access to. That was fifteen grand. But the, why It's hypocritical. Why doesn't the state, the people in California, recognize this and come out in mass and shut it down peaceably? Yeah. If you put millions of people in the street peaceably, and I've seen conservatives in mass, they're polite. There's no violence. They clean up after themselves. You and I have both seen rallies with thousands of people, tens of thousands of yeah. people. But every city should go to work. You should and you should tell every sheriff that is elected that if he even begins to bother you guys, his career is over and you have some good sheriffs. I believe there's some good people left. We have a great sheriff. Yeah. But you have a you have Mussolini and his merry band of misfits who this guy is not the sharpest tool in the shed. He's just a tool and he's torturing you and he's laughing at you. He's letting he's saying, let them eat cake right now. And what I would do is I would make a stand. I think everyone right now, you make a stand for the people that are behind us, because what's next? I mean, we all know anyone with two functioning neurons can tell you that this is not what everyone said it is. So if they decide they want to shut down the economy again and come up with something else, are we going to do it? People go, well, no, we would never do that. Well, look at us now. 
Yeah. I mean, look at the people of California. Your governor just spent 15 grand on, on a, a liquor bill. A liquor bill, and yeah. And you guys paid for it. And you're losing businesses at a record rate, people that have put their life savings, their sweat and toil into businesses, and none of it's constitutional. There should be some enterprising lawyers in the state of California that should have class action lawsuits that should be flooding the courts right now. They should be going to town because this is the Constitution. If you push it hard, they're not going to win in a constitutional republic. And that's where we live. Last there, time I checked, the the uh, the traction they're finding is pitting us against one another, and that's why I wanted to, even though we're limited on time, I wanted to point out how this is what's happening just in this local community. You have one family coming into Thursday Thanksgiving, giving thanks to God. Politically, they're divided. Spiritually, they're divided. And this virus was the catalyst to just wreak havoc on a family and the elderly. The, these folks that have, have, you know, asymptomatic but tested positive, they're not allowed around their grandkids, uh, their church and, and the people they love are being drugged through, you know, what is it, next door and everywhere else and Facebook pages to, and, and I'm grateful that the press hasn't bought into this, at least it doesn't seem as so, if they do, it, we'll, we'll, we'll go after that. But this is the division in the community that they somehow have to pit us against one another and allow these tyrants to divide us and then destroy our community. And folks need to wake up. You have something though, Rob, right now, you have a movement going. And it's the oldest movement that I'm aware of. And it's called Christianity. It's called Christ-centered living. And when you feel divided in a community, and we're having people in churches going at one another, I would encourage everyone to go back to our faith go back to realize that Christ lives on the throne of our lives. Amen. So if you, right now, what we need to find is common ground. Yeah. And our common ground is a God that loves us, that is merciful, that he's a God of redemption. Cause you know, my backstory, I should be a, a smoking spot on the side of a mountain somewhere. And if he can forgive me and he can redeem me, he can redeem anyone. Amen. And so, I may not like what someone does. I may not like what someone says, but I don't have to. Christ in me can love that person. And so what I think as believers is the best way to combat this and the only way to combat something that's not rational is to go to something that we know is the single, the single greatest truth in the world and that God is who he says he is. And if we let Christ manifest in us, and that we don't have to agree with someone. That's not love. We can respectfully disagree. Yeah. We can protest, not violently, but we can also love our neighbor and pray for them. I mean, it sounds trite, but it's not. The Holy Spirit will move if people of faith are walking in obedience. Yeah. And what Satan wants to do is sow chaos and fear. I don't see anywhere in the Bible where Christ came into any area and said, let there be chaos and fear. I mean, I would encourage everyone just to remember when he was on the boat, Christ had preached all day. He was on the boat with the disciples in the Sea of Galilee. And I've been there several times. And that gets really rough. And it was windy. And his disciples were freaking out. They knew he was God. And they're like, we're going to die. Save us. And, and God just sat up and looked around and goes, be still. And it says at that moment, we've talked about this, the wind stopped. And that's great because he's God. But more importantly, the waves stopped. 
And if you've been on any lake after a storm, the waves don't stop for a long time. They have to settle down. He stopped the current problem and all the problems downstream from that. And so as believers, I, and, and for me to talk this way, I don't even recognize myself because you know what a terrible person I, I am. And, and, were. but I know this is true. Were. And, and I know this is true. And I just think there's people now that are looking for answers. And so I, I don't see this as a tragedy. I see this as a single greatest opportunity for us to just point and go, yeah, it's God, not us. Because there's no human wisdom in this. We are acting irrationally. And, you know, when I was in Africa, you know about Rwanda and what happened there in yeah. the mass genocide. Yeah. They turned brother against brother with control of a radio station and by their words. 850,000 people yeah. dead in, in, uh, by machetes. Right. And the machetes appeared in trucks. They were dumped into the village square. People wanted this to happen. So I would say, let's go the opposite route. Let's pour the Holy Spirit into our communities. Let's show Amen. Christ-like life in our communities. Let's not act in fear, but stand with conviction, not in judgment, because none of us have any seat to judge, but to go forward and speak the truth. Look, I don't have to, it's, the outcome's not my responsibility. It's obedience to a, a loving father and someone that forgave me for things I couldn't forgive myself. Yeah. That's who I serve. And it's real. So yeah. this Christmas season, I think we can come back. I'm thankful that we have a nation that we can fight for. Yeah. And so let's, let's fight for it, but let's do it right. And don't back down. If you have fear, I was told this when I got healed and saved. I was told if you're hearing fear in your heart and in your mind, it's not from God because God doesn't run through fear. Right. He's not the God that says, don't do things. That's not Christ's greatest commandment. His greatest commandment is love one another. His greatest, com you know, my father didn't tell me, Keith, don't do this, this, and this. He said, be in his word. He just wanted me to read the Bible because yeah. he knew when I read that, I would understand it. So, you know, California. It'd be really cool if it was a sign of the, the spot of the Great Awakening. Yeah, amen. And because it, it's it's the least likely spot to be that. So we're sin abounds, grace abounds. We're sin abounds, grace abounds even more. Right. I'm I'm in this state. Just my I, thoughts, I, but you, yeah, you don't have to be afraid of this for sure. Yeah. Well, thank you for for comforting everyone, calming them down. Uh, you know, we we just want to make sure everyone understands that we know the severity of the virus. We know who it affects. We know the death rate of the virus. We, we, we're well aware of the county's numbers. We know how to be clean in the way we operate in regards to ionization machines and UV lights and making sure we wash our hands. Uh, we see no significant data when it comes to masks or social distancing and no reason for any of this to infringe upon inalienable rights and to take away Thanksgiving and destroy businesses and to lock up kids and, 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 and divide families all over tyranny. And so we're just trying to communicate that night in, night out, day in, day out. And then they want to throw something at you when they get a positive case. Okay, great. Positive case. Name another virus we've ever tracked that way. And we have it's a great, positive yeah. test. It's yeah, not even positive a positive test, case. not even a positive case. And, and right. yeah, yeah. So Thank you for clarifying that tonight, comforting everybody. And uh, yeah, it, every time you well, come Ralph, on, Keith, you bless us. Well, no, I, it, look, I, when I met my wife, I, I, it was a long story, but she told me I, I really liked her. And she said, don't tell me, show me. 
And I believe in our walk with Christ, we don't have to say anything. We just act out our faith. We live it out. And as and God's real good about showing us things. So I'll leave everyone with this. The president of the United States is not young. He's not in the best shape, although he works tirelessly and has more energy than anyone I know. He has everyone that comes in contact with him tested. No one can get near him that is not tested. You talk about the highest COVID protocols on the planet or surround our president of the United States. And he got COVID and he got better. Yeah. Why isn't anyone seeing what happened? He didn't get some super high speed treatment that's not available to everyone else. There's treatment out there available to everyone. I've had patients, diabetics, overweight, in their 70s that got COVID, had symptoms and got better. Yeah. Now, yes, some people will die just like they die with the flu. In 2018, we had children die. We had young adults die. We had young married couples lose a spouse or a loved one. Yeah. So you can look at what's going on. God has given us ample examples. Let's walk in faith and not fear. And I think we step out and have Thanksgiving. More importantly, Amen. we step out, we celebrate Christmas, and we go about our lives just like California was settled. I'm reading a book on this right now. Those settlers went through everything to get to the West Coast because that's where they thought the gold was. Yeah. And we're not leaving anything for our kids if we don't step out as pioneers. In, and also we're being pioneers are is to go forward with the media and just ignore it and live our lives. And I think we can do that. Amen. Well, thanks, Keith. You bless us. Uh, we're going to sign off because they're going to check it yeah, out you on Hannity. Go. And so you're going to, we'll be watching it later. I'll be on later. So this is kind of, I appreciate I'll you I'll be doing watching this. you up here, brother. And you guys, God bless. And you have an amazing church. They're really blessed to have you as a leader. But, you know, honor what God puts on your heart. Don't do anything in fear. It's just not how it works. Amen. Thank you. Bless you. Roger, All right, man. God I'll call buddy. you later. Okay. Roger. Take care. You too. All right, well, let's, uh, let's give you numbers, and then uh, if you want to check out Hannity, maybe I'll be on there unless they cancel me tonight. We'll see, but we're prepared for it. This is for all of you, especially as we come into Thanksgiving, and if your families are struggling over this virus, just come on. Folks, look at the data. Quit being so scared. Quit dividing your families. Quit making this political. Number six, may the Lord bless you and keep you, and may the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So God bless you guys. Hope this encouraged you. We'll see you later.